Week two of the XFL, and it starts Thursday night. So a standalone game Thursday night, and then one game Saturday, two games Sunday. I always love week two because I feel like there's the biggest edge. We have some data to work on, plus you're going to see a lot of overreactions. We kind of know what the field's going to do. They're just going to play the guys who did well week one. And while I'm obviously going to eat some chalk when I'm building tournament lineups, I think it's important to try to identify some guys that maybe the opportunities were there, the targets were there. They just didn't put up like a big, big performance. So we'll try to identify some of those guys as well as talk about the chalk, the obvious plays. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. I had a really good uh, XFL week one. Made about $500 profit on prize picks. Would have been a lot more if Josh Gordon didn't have that touchdown because I just basically hammered every touchdown under prop and almost all of them hit. So hopefully uh, prize picks post some more um, touchdown props for running backs and wide receivers. But yeah, I had a nice withdrawal. I did not post the withdrawal though on Twitter. So does that mean the withdrawal didn't happen? You know, Posting it and saying something like always withdraw, right? Since I didn't do that, did the withdrawal actually happen? You tell me. You tell me. But uh, yeah, guys, the sponsor of the video is Prize Picks. Uh, make sure to use the code DKDFS for 100% match up to $100. Uh, that's a free $100 to play with on the site. I saw a couple people hit some six pick. Um, six picks uh, on prize picks from the video that I made. I basically was just like, guys, hammer all the unders. And uh, yeah, worked out in a big, big way for me. So I will be patiently waiting for the XFL board to drop once again. Try to get a video up there for you guys. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for more plays, I'll have a lot of, of them on Patreon. If you're looking for more in-depth content for DFS, I'll have that on Patreon. I'll have um, snap counts, routes, targets, all that good stuff. Basically, every single piece of data that you need, I'll have over on Patreon.com. Post the week one depth charts as well. Like when I made my week one XFL di- uh, video last week, we had like basically nothing to work on. We had like no depth charts out. I made that, I think, like Monday or Tuesday. Now we have a lot better idea of uh you know what these teams are working with how they're going to run their offenses so uh yeah again i'm really really excited for week two still good size contest everything filled right the 100k tournament filled we have 50k this week hopefully that can continue maybe even bump up if these continue to fill i don't know but it was good football like i watched what game did i watch i watched one of the saturday games it was it was pretty exciting um so, uh, yeah, that's everything, guys. So let's just get into the video. Let's first talk about the uh, Vegas odds for these teams, and then we can go team by team, talk about, you know, some chalk, talk about some maybe guys that are going to go a bit lower owned, ways you can get different. So we'll start off with those odds. And the first game, we got uh, the Battlehawks and the Sea Dragons. Out of 36 and a half over under, the Sea Dragons are currently three-point favorites. To be honest, I would have thought this over-under would have been a bit higher, just the way that Seattle played. They were super up-tempo, pass-first, so... Um, if I was a betting man, probably would be taking the over in that game. DC Defenders and Vegas Vipers is the second game. 36 and a half over under. Vegas are three-point favorites. We'll see. Uh, Luis Perez started out looking good and then kind of cooled off there. Uh, the Brandhams and the Guardians is the early Sunday game. That's a 38 and a half over under, which I'm not sure why that's like higher than the other two. Both teams kind of run first. The Guardians not look great. We got the Brandhams currently three-point favorites. And the Renegades and the Roughnecks is the last game. 40 over under. Houston are currently four-point favorites. All right, so we're just going to go team by team, and we'll start it off with St. Louis, who H.M. McCarron basically didn't do a ton until the very end of the game when he had two touchdowns and converted that onside. 
which is the fourth and 15. I'm going 18 of 26 for 190 yards and two touchdowns. So I think McCarron, once again, is a relatively safe quarterback play. We did not see any of the backups, which we did see for majority of teams. Like a lot of teams utilized two um, quarterbacks. We did not see that for St. Louis. They stuck with Adrian McCarron, who I still think is, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So I think he's a relatively safe play. At the running back position, at the running back position, so Brian Hill got a little bit banged up early on. He ended up coming back in. He finished with 21 of the 49 snaps. And then you saw a cream Walker play 21 of the 49 as well with uh, Mateo Durant playing seven snaps. So I actually think Brian Hill could have played a little bit more if he didn't get banged up. He had six carries for 55 yards, uh, three receptions as well. So I don't think he's going to be super popular because he just didn't put up like a massive score. But um, I do have some interest in Brian Hill as a more contrarian running back play. Don't think I would get to either of the other running backs. So for wide receiver for St. Louis, um, Austin Prohl was a guy that, uh, there was two guys that I mentioned on Patreon that liked his contrarian plays last week. It was Austin Prohl and Kirkland, and they both smashed. So that worked out in a big way. Um, <clears throat> Prohl kind of came alive there at the end, had a touchdown. I think he had that two or three point conversion as well. He finished with four targets, four receptions, and uh, he ended up playing 39 of the 49 snaps. So I think he'll be a relatively popular value play this week, but uh, for good reason. <clears throat> Again, he was heavily involved. They have a Q tag on here for some reason. I'm not sure why. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But um, I think he's going to be a pretty popular value play. Definitely a safer play on this slate. The other two wide receivers that played a majority of the game were Marcel Aitman, who was kind of quiet until the very end, <clears throat> and Darius Shepard. Aitman played 46 of the 49 snaps. Shepard played 48 of the 49. So basically three wide receivers played a majority of the game. Akeem Butler played 17 of the 49 snaps. But <clears throat> I think Aitman and Shepard are good contrarian plays. Aitman, uh, still one of the more talented wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. Only had two catches, but again, the opportunities were there. He almost had a touchdown <clears throat> at the end of the game. Finished with four targets, and then Shepard finished with three targets. Again, he played a majority of the game as well. So, like, I think those two are kind of interesting contrarian plays. Aitman especially, just because I think he still has that big play upside. And since he only put up six fancy points, like, almost no one's going to play him. But <clears throat> I think he's a, a nice bounce-back candidate. The tight end position, <clears throat> let's see, was there anything I wanted to mention? Um, no, not really. I don't think I would play any of the tight ends. So let's move on to Seattle. So Seattle, we got news before the game that they were going to play everyone on the roster, which kind of made made them a bit riskier. But we only saw one drive for back quarterback uh, Steven Montez, and he only played five total snaps. So Tanucci, but 73 of the 78 snaps. I think he'll probably be the most popular quarterback by the slate, but it's hard not to like him, especially the way that this offense ran. I mean, he threw 54 passes. So I think you got to like Ben DiNucci there at the top of 10.2K. Unless we hear that they're going to mix in quarterbacks again, I think he stands out as, as one of the best and probably will be one of the more popular quarterback plays of the week. So running back for Seattle, this team was definitely pass heavy. Um, they utilized three running backs. Um, Morgan Ellison played 33 snaps. Brendan Knox played 28. However, they didn't really run a lot of routes, right? Ellison, um, while he played 33 snaps, he only ran eight routes, was pass blocking for 20 of those. Well, Knox was uh, only ran two routes, was pass blocking for 15. So the way that they ran their offense, it wasn't great. Like these running backs weren't running a lot of routes. They're in there for pass protection. So definitely, uh, you know, downgrade the, the two backs. Knox is probably the guy that's going to get more carries. 
I did like Ellison as a contrarian play last week, but and he was basically just out there for pass blocking, didn't run a ton of routes. So both running backs, more contrarian options. Wide receiver, so this is where you're going to get some chalk, right? You had um, Pearson finish with 12 catches on 13 targets. Uh, Blake Jackson, eleven or eight catches on 11 targets. And Josh Gordon, six catches on nine targets. So I think all three receivers really look good for Seattle. They did play a lot of receivers, but those guys played a good chunk of the game. Blake Jackson actually played 76 of the 78 snaps. Uh, you had Pearson play 57 and 78. Josh Gordon play 56 of the 78. And you had Jordan uh, VC uh, play 57 of the 78 as well. So those are probably the four uh, wide receivers I would personally look to. Josh Gordon, good option at the top, obviously. Again, that one touchdown really tilts me. Cost me about another like $500 in profit on prize picks. But he looks good. I think Pearson will probably be the chalk since he had the biggest week. Last week, he had 12 catches on 13 targets. And definitely a cash game target. But Blake Jackson, I think, would be the pivot, right? Didn't have as big of a week, but actually out-snapped Pearson. Played a lot more, 76 compared to 57. So I think Jackson would be like your GPP pivot off of Pearson. I think if people are running Seattle stacks, they're going to jam Gordon. They're going to jam Pearson. But don't forget about Blake Jackson and even uh, Jordan Vesey, right? I I think no one's going to play him. Now, he didn't do a ton, but he played 57 snaps and uh, had four, uh, four targets. So... If you wanted to get like really off the board, he's someone of the min price I think you could use, right? He was out there a good chunk. Seattle basically ran four wide receivers like the entire game. So Blake Jackson, I think would be the pivot, but if you wanted to get really different in tournaments, then it would be VC. Right, let's move on to DC and Vegas. So DC mentioned this. I took, I hammered the under on Jordan Tamu passing yards. There was, they kind of hinted at using two quarterbacks and they did. They did. So Tiamu played 42 snaps. And uh, Derek King played 15 snaps. Um, it kind of makes it tough for me to get to either of these quarterbacks. The positive is the positive with these quarterbacks are they're both they both have rushing upside. Like we saw it, Tamu scored one on the ground, and Derek King scored one on the ground. But if both quarterbacks are going to mix in, I would say they're just more tournament options. Now, if we get some clarity that all right, it's just going to be Tamu this week, or it's just going to be King this week then I would be very high on them. But as it stands right now, kind of more just tournament-only place. At running back, one guy that was extremely popular that I luckily did not play was Abram Smith. And the reason I didn't was just because I knew he wasn't going to be super involved in the pass game. He's more of that bruising back. And that was kind of the downside is he just really didn't do anything in the passing game, had 28 yards in the ground, and that was it. Rykel Armstrong was actually a bit more involved in the passing game. Uh, he played less snaps. He played 20 snaps in the 57, 40 of the 57 for Abram Smith, but Armstead was a bit more involved in the passing game. Um, both running backs, I would say, are a bit more contrarian options. But um, yeah, Smith playing 40 snaps is, is still a decent amount of snaps. And if he finds his way in the end zone, he could pay off that salary. Wide receiver for DC. I think all these guys are going to be pretty low owned, but like I agree. Like I think they should be low owned the way this offense ran. They're a run first team. They had a lot of quarterback runs. Um, looking at the snap data, you had Josh Hammond play 45 of the 57 snaps. Uh, Chris Blair played 43 of the 57. Lucky Jackson played 37 of the 57. Azard only played 10 snaps. That was one that I took the L on because he was listed atop the depth chart. And I actually pivoted from Josh Gordon to Azard in my GBP lineup uh, because I was a little bit out of the cash. And I was like, all right, if I play Josh Gordon, uh, I don't think it's going to, like, he's going to be way too chalky. So I went to Hazard, and that just didn't work. Like, they just 
barely played him. Like he was only really reusing him in the return game. So if I'm going to play any of these receivers, I think it would be Hammond, uh, Blair, or Jackson just based on the snap counts. Hammond is 7,400. Jackson is 4,600. And um, who's the one I mentioned? Chris Blair is $3,000. So those would be some contrarian uh, plays. Jackson had the most targets for what, it's wor- for what it's worth. He had five targets, four catches. Hammond had one catch and two targets, and Blair had one catch on one target. The tight end, Ethan Wolf, did have four targets. Only one catch, though. Moving on to Vegas. So Vegas, we could possibly see Brett Huntley um, come in this week. Uh, like Luis Perez looked good to start, but then had some costly, costly turnovers. Um, so we'll keep an eye on this news. If Perez starts again, then sure, we can go back to the well there. Um, if they start Brent Huntley, then I do have some interest in him at 7K because Huntley does have some rushing upside. Running back position for the Vi- for the Vegas Vipers, I think you're just going to get some contrarian plays here. So uh, Lovett played seven snaps. DeAndre Torrey only played seven. Um, or Lovett played 11. Torrey played seven. And then Rod Smith played 27. So he played the most. Um, didn't do a ton with them, but if you wanted to go to him in a large field tournament, I guess that's okay. Wide receiver, I think, is where we can get some good contrarian options. So Jeff Bidette obviously had the massive week last week. He had 47 or 46 of the 59 snaps, playing more out of the slot. Geronimo Allison played 54 of the 59. Martavis Bryant played 55 of the 59. So I think everyone's going to gravitate towards Jeff Bidette, right? Six catches, two touchdowns, 81 yards. I think he's a good play. But he was unowned last week, and everyone jammed Martavis Bryant and Geronimo Allison. So now just because Bidette had the two touchdowns, everyone's going to play him. And now no one's going to play Allison and Martavis Bryant, who are former NFL wide receivers and played a majority of the game, right? So like, while I think Jeff Bidette's a good play, I think he's going to be over-owned. I think Geronimo Allison and Martavis Bryant are going to be under-owned. So I like Allison and Bryant a good amount as bounce-back candidates here, especially if everyone just gravitates towards Jeff Bidette. So those two I'm actually very high in for tournaments, right? The snaps were there. They got a healthy amount of targets. It's just the touchdowns both went to Jeff Bidette. That's not always going to be the case, right? Mark Davis Bryant's a big body. He had eight targets. He had the same amount of targets as Jeff Bidette. Allison had six targets. So those two I actually really, really like as contrarian plays. And again, I think what you're going to see week two is just a lot of overreactions. People are just going to play the guys that did well week one. And I think that's a big, big mistake. Like I'm not going to... I'm not going to fade everyone that well. I'm definitely going to eat some chalk, but it's really important in tournaments, especially large field tournaments, to mix in some of these lower own options. And like just watching some content out there that's that's um, you know people have already recorded. People basically just talked about the guys that did well. It's like it's important to identify the low own options too. Like that's how you're going to win tournaments. All right, so San Antonio, Orlando's the next game here. So for San Antonio, uh, Jack Cohen did play the whole game. He played 80 of the 80 snaps. He was Decent, 25 to 36, 207 yards, like nothing crazy, and he's a pocket passer. I think he's a fair play. This team looked to be a little bit more run first, but I don't think he's going to pick up a ton of ownership. At the running back position, uh, I think Keelan Balazs is going to be pretty popular. He played 42 of the 80 snaps. Jacquez Patrick played 35 of the 80, and Balazs was involved in the pass game as well. Balazs had three targets, and uh, yeah, he's at a reasonable price point at 7.1K. Had 84 total yards on the ground. Rushed the ball 24 times, so 
I think he's a good cash game play, will be popular. I don't hate Jack was Patrick, um, had 38 yards in the ground, was involved as well. I think he's an okay pivot on the same team, especially if everyone's just going to jam Balage. But Balage definitely stands out as one of the best running back plays on the slate. All right, moving on to wide receivers. So I don't think any of these wide receivers are going to be super, super popular. Don't put up like a massive week, but there's a couple contrarian uh, guys that I do like. So looking at the snap counts here for San Antonio, you had uh, Landon Akers play 48 of the 80 snaps. Jalen Tolliver played 68 of the 80. DJ Vasher played 38 of the 80. Um, so I think Akers, he was the guy that was the most involved. He had uh, seven catches on seven targets. Tolliver had three catches on five targets. I think if you wanted to get a little bit different at wide receiver, those two guys would be in play. Landon Akers, again, former Rams wide receiver, guy that I have played in the preseason. And then Tolliver, and he actually played the most snaps on this team. So I think those two guys are solid contrarian plays. They did play a fair amount of snaps. And again, Landon Akers had seven targets. Was there anyone I wanted to mention for tight end? Um, Elise Mack played 64 snaps, uh, ran, a route, uh, ran 27 routes. I don't think it's really necessary, but um, he's 3.2K, so did want to mention that. All right, moving on to Orlando. So, Orlando, uh, let's see, where is Adam up here? All right. <laughs> so, uh, they used two quarterbacks. Paxton Lynch played 40 snaps. Dormaday played 27. We'll keep an eye on the news here. Um, Lynch eh, was okay. Uh, 15 to 21 for 136 yards. Um, does have a little bit of rushing upside and uh, was uh, benched to start the fourth quarter. If he picks up the start again, I do have a little bit of interest in him. Uh, but uh, this offense did not look great. But uh, yeah, Lynch, if he, if he gets the start again, he has a little bit of rushing upside. So um, we'll see. Uh, moving on to the running back position. So John Main Martin was a very, very popular play. Played 32 of the 67 snaps. Calvin Taylor played 22 of the 67. Those are the only two running backs in the roster. We'll see if they add anyone else. Martin's, I think, a fair play. Like, the opportunities were there. He did have 41 yards in the ground. But I think right now, a bit more of a contrarian option. At the wide receiver position, again, Orlando, I don't think you're going to see a ton of ownership in this game. But there's a couple guys I wanted to mention. Charleston Rambo actually played the entire game. Played 67 of the 67 snaps. So, He's an interesting uh, option. He's going to continue to play 100% of the snaps. He had five targets. And then Eli Rogers, the guy I mentioned in my week one video, the snaps were as high in him, but he played 42 of the 67 snaps and did have four catches and seven targets. He actually had the most targets on the team. Uh, tight end Cody Latimer had six catches or five catches and six targets. So uh, Rambo, again, I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. Didn't have the best week one, but played 100% of the snaps. He's still their big play guy. Another kind of good contrarian option, in my opinion. And Eli Rogers, I think uh, a nice pivot off of some of the chalk on the cheap end. He played the second most amount of snaps on the team and did have the most targets. He'll be playing a lot in the slot. So Rogers and Rambo, I think, are good contrarian options. Finally, Arlington and Houston. So this one should be played, you know, this one projected to be the highest scoring game of the week. Drew Blitt played the entire game, played 63 of the 63 snaps. Uh, maybe you see Kyle Slaughter this week. It's possible. He had a fair, he had a decent week. 19, 25, 172 yards with a pick. Had five rushes for 16 um, yards. So I think he's a, a good you know, way to get different at the quarterback position. Running back, there's one guy. I mentioned him um, in my stream. I liked him as a contrarian play. He wasn't picking up a ton of ownership. Was Michigan running back Davion Smith, former Michigan running back. He played 47 and 63 snaps. 
was involved in the passing game. Um, he had uh, three targets. And uh, yeah, so he played a healthy amount of snaps. He's only 5.7K. I like him this week. I don't think a ton of people will play him. I think a lot of the chalk builds will be playing like one or two running backs. And if people are going to play running backs this week, it's going to be Max Borgi or it's going to be um, Keelan Balaj. Keelan Balaj. So, Levan Smith, reasonable price point, good amount of uh, snaps, and was involved in the passing game. I like him. At the wide receiver position, so Arlington kind of spread it out for snaps, which is not great. You did have one guy play the majority of the game. That was Tyler Vaughn. He played 50 of the 63 snaps. He's down here at $3,000. He had four catches on uh, five targets. So I think he's another interesting value play at the flat men. The other wide receivers, probably not going to get to them. Jordan Smallwood only played 28 of the 63 snaps. Brandon Arcondo only played 28 of the 63. So Winningham played 25 of the 63. This team actually ran a lot of two tight end sets. Sal Canella was their most targeted player. Seven targets. 50 total snaps. But if you're going to target anyone in the passing game, I think your safest bet is definitely Sal Canella. Uh, we knew that from the USFL, right? He was the, the top tight end in the USFL, and he's looking good already in the XFL. So I like Sal Canella in both formats. He'll be a popular play. Don't really know if I can get to Smallwood or Arcondo or Winningham just because of the snaps, but if you wanted to go to one of those guys in the large field tournament, I guess um, my favorite wide receiver probably would be Tyler Vaughn's just for the amount of snaps that he played. He played the most out of any of the wide receivers on this team. And finally, Houston. So Houston, we did see two quarterbacks play, but Brandon Silvers looked pretty good. He played uh, <laughs> 61 of the 69 snaps. Cole McDonald played eight, came in for some rushing plays. But yeah, Silvers in this pass-heavy team looked pretty solid. Uh, almost 300 yards, two touchdowns. I think he's one of the better quarterback plays on the slate. He'll be popular, but again, for good reason. So I like Brandon Silvers. At the running back position, I think he's probably going to be the most popular running back. to be Max Borgie. So this team was... It's interesting the way that they listed their guys in the depth chart. Like they have like running backs listed and they have halfbacks listed. Now, if you take a look at the snaps, Borgie actually didn't play a ton of snaps. He played 32 snaps, only ran nine routes, but was targeted on he had four targets. So only ran nine routes, but had four targets. Now, that's something like, I don't know if that can continue, right? maybe he might be a bit over-owned this week. People are going to see those targets. People are going to see the big performance he had, and people are going to jam him in. Didn't run a lot of routes. He only ran nine routes. If you take a look at Nick Holly, he played 44 snaps. He played more than Borgie and ran 34 routes. But I believe he did not have a target. He had one target. He was out there a ton and running a ton of routes. So I think Holly is at least interesting. He did nothing. He did nothing, but he played more and ran 34 routes. And we know he's a good pass catcher from uh, the XFL uh, in 2020. So everyone's in a jam, Max Borgi. And I think he's somebody who could definitely play in a cash game. But just be a little bit careful. Right now, sure, the game is getting a little bit out of hand. <laughs> Maybe they, they limited snaps a, a bit. But I think he'll probably be a bit over-owned where no one, absolutely no one's going to play Nick Holly. But if you take a look at the data, Holly ran a lot of routes. So, just wanted to mention that in a large field tournament. Wide receiver. So, you're going to get some chalk here for sure. So, Ravel Harris had 11 targets, 6 catches. Burnett had 11 uh, targets, 8 catches. John Trey Kirkland was a guy that I played at no ownership in tournaments. He had 5 catches on 8 targets. 
But the really, really positive thing about this team is basically three wide receivers play the entire game. Burnett and Kirkland did not leave the field. They played 100% of the snaps. Travell Harris played 55 of the 69. The only other two wide receivers that played, Cedric Bird played 25 of the 69, and Ben Poopman played 11 of the 69. So I really, really like these receivers, Burnett, Kirkland, and Harris. They're going to be popular. I think Burnett will be the chalk. And again, he had the biggest week, eight catches, 12 targets, and a touchdown. But if a lot of people gravitate towards Burnett, like I am totally fine playing John, John Trey Kirkland for lower ownership or even uh, Travell Harris for lower ownership. So again, right, everyone's just going to jam in the guys that had the biggest weeks week one. And while I think Burnett's a good play, I like Kirkland and Harris's pivots. Let's see, was there anything else I wanted to mention here? Um, I think that's it. As we talk about Nick Holly, right? It's just interesting. Uh, he ran 40, 44 total snaps and ran 34 routes. And only had one target. But I think that's it for Houston. I think it's going to do it for the video as well. So if you guys have been enjoying the XFL content, again, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. I'll try to get a video up there for prize picks. Definitely when the board first drops, I'm going to post a ton of plays over on Patreon. And then I'll make a video with, with talking about a few plays that I do like there. If you guys are looking for more enough time for this, I'll have um, Excel sheets with every data possible, right? Routes, targets, Snapchat, all that stuff will be posted on Patreon if you guys are more uh, looking for that. And then player pool live stream, a bunch of content there. So if you guys have any questions, you can always leave me in the comments section. Also, if you sign up for the gold package, you'll get my prize picks plays as well. Did very, very well week one. So thanks again for watching, guys. It's great to have the XFL back, and uh, we'll see you all in the next video.